Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in. Thursday, May 28th edition of the show. This is Winning Cures Everything. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. We got a lot of football to discuss today. Good, gracious sakes alive in the morning. We're going to start off, though, with with a little somber news. But we'll get to that here momentarily. First things first, you know what to do. WinningCuresEverything.com is the website. Make sure that you are subscribed on all of the different live stations that we are on. YouTube, Periscope, Facebook, and Twitch. And you can also subscribe on the podcast. Whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. Uh, Make sure you knock that thing out. Leave a nice five-star review. We would definitely appreciate that. Share the show out with your buddies. Tell everybody you know about it. That helps out the show more than you could possibly know. And while you're doing that, while you're over at winningcureseverything.com, subscribing to everything, why don't you go over to tunicatravel.com. Help the boys out down there in the Delta. Tunica, Mississippi is the South's premier sports gambling destination. They've got six incredible sports books. You can find more information on them over at tunicatravel.com. Chris, we got two sad things to discuss. First thing. Lovey Smith cut his beard off, and today is the four-year anniversary of Harambe's death. It's a sad day in America. Yeah, I don't know which one is more sad. Yeah, probably Harambe. I mean, I guess maybe. The beautiful gorilla is gone. The Cincinnati yes. Zoo. Yes, That's- a fantastic beard is is once again gone, but that can come back. Yeah, yeah. That it, he can grow up back, but it's going to take a little while. Did you saw the picture, right? Illinois football shares this thing out on Twitter, and this man could not look a day over like forty. Like it's unbelievable, and yet when he grows that beard out, I mean, it looks like Santa Claus, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's different. I mean, he looks pretty young without the beard. How I'm I'm looking up his age right now. 
Uh, he is 62 years old. I was just about to say he's got to be early 60s, late 50s. He he finally I'm really bad at that game by looks, but yeah, depending on how long you've been in my life and I know how old I am, is that you can get an idea. I kind of I kind of play that game. I am am trying to figure this out because I know how I am. If I find something that works, like he he finally finally got Illinois kind of over the hump. They made a bowl game last year. He got some big wins last year. I mean, they, they upset Wisconsin. They're the only team that beat Wisconsin other than Ohio State twice and Oregon. Like, he, he made it to a bowl game finally, like year three, four, whatever it was. And now you're going to cut the beard off in the one year that you had the beard. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I'm superstitious. Not, listen, not something I'd have done, but, uh, you know. We'll see how it works out for him. Yeah, we'll we say that. We most certainly will. Um, McKinnon jumps in on Facebook. By the way, everybody that is paying attention, uh, jump on the chat at whatever platform you're on. Uh, the chat jumps in on your screen. It's in the bottom left. Every different platform will jump in right there. You can see what everybody else is saying, whether you're on YouTube, Periscope, uh, Twitch, or Facebook. Uh, McKinnon said, almost time to head out to the Far East for me, boys. Going to miss getting on the shows and talking to you. I uh, guess it'll be the podcast for me for a while. Uh, like a case of herpes, it's always, <laughs> it'll always come back. <laughs> Thanks. I, Thanks. I don't know what to think about that, McKinnon, but we are glad you're here, and like we are herpes, glad that, uh, that I you, grow on you. It's, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Uh, ben Lauf jumps in. He says hi on Twitch. Uh, definitely. Everybody jump in the chat. You guys drive the conversation. You know how this thing goes. Uh, so, R.I.P. Harambe, R.I.P. Lovey Smith's beard. We're going to get into some actual, real discussions now. Uh, Chris, you saw that the uh, the NFL decided today that they are not going to go forward with the 4th and 15 onside kick alternative. Um, the vote was basically tabled. They want some more information about it. I don't really understand that. Um, the this vote, is not a really con, con, like complicated request. Well, it, here's the deal. From what I understand, uh, it ended in a virtual, like it, it, not a virtual, an actual tie. It was 16 to 16. So 16 people wanted it, 16 did not. Um, what they are saying here is uh, the ownership tabled the proposal for further discussion. It would have given teams an alternative to the onside kick in an effort to retain possession after a score, um, they, you know, obviously the NFL, they've been looking at ways to improve the odds for a trailing team to retain possession late in games. Um, I, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens going forward, but it, it didn't, it didn't fail. Uh, it didn't pass. It just, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, table. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I don't understand the people who said we want more information. This is what we're asking for. There's nothing else unless they actually want to get like an analytics department together and they want to see would this benefit my team more or hurt my team more. But that's the problem is you shouldn't be looking at it as if it helps your team or hurts your team. Is it good for the game or not? And then your coaches and your players adjust. Yeah, but I guarantee you that's owners that are afraid of how this will affect their team from wins and losses immediately, 
and not looking at the big picture of changing a rule. Uh, real quick, we got guys asking if YouTube's working today. I just checked it. Yes, YouTube is fine. Uh, you guys can hop in. YouTube's all good. Uh, I, I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, obviously, I wanted it. Um, any proposal uh, that, that gets passed in the NFL has to have the approval of at least 24 out of 32 owners. So, again, they weren't even close to passing it. But the fact that you've got 16 that are saying, okay, we, we like this idea. Like, one, this would be entertaining for fans, for sure. Now, the, I understand the side that doesn't want it to go through, right? They are the ones that are, hey, if we build a lead, that other team should not be able to get hot for three minutes and make some fluke plays and come back and win the ball game. However, in order to make the games more interesting, like, yeah, you're you're fighting a business where you're trying to get eyeballs on TV sets. Like, that's that's what this is all about when it comes down to it. This is a game. So, whether you're up by, you know, two touchdowns with two and a half minutes to go or not, they're going to try and find a way to make this thing even more competitive in the last minute of the ball game because that's when everybody wants to watch. So, I'm, I'm curious which, uh, which mindset is going to win out here. The, the mindset of, we worked our asses off for the entire game, we deserve to win the game. Or the mindset of, hey, if we're behind, like, we still want to know that we got a shot. So, I, I'm curious. I, I don't know which way it's going to go because I, I don't know how these guys think. Like, obviously, this stuff changes all the time. And in the mindset of Ben jumps in, he said it sounds like an XFL rule. It it is an XFL rule, but at the same time, you got to be able to adapt. You got to be able to move with what your audience wants. And the audience, I think, overwhelmingly would prefer to have this. And so I I think I'm a fan. I mean, I, now fo- football is one of those things where they necessarily don't have to do what the audience wants because they already have all of yeah, the audience. They're still going to watch. They're still I mean, that's watch. the issue is, is a bad week for them is the best week the NBA has ever had in their life. Yes. Oh, 100%. When, back, back when it was down like 20, 30% and half the country was boycotting it because of Kaepernick and the other half boycotting it because of, you know, the, the, the flag, like it, it, it was still the greatest ratings that any TV show had all year. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. So, so they don't have to do, that's the downside is they don't have to do what the fans want. Fans aren't leaving. They're not going anywhere. Yeah, they're definitely. I'm not going anywhere. I can bitch about it, but I'm not going anywhere. No, I'm going to still watch. I'm going to watch as many games as humanly possible. That's the way it goes. Let's, uh, let's dive off of that one. Boy, I've been ready for this one. I've been ready all day for this one. JT Daniels is going to the University of Georgia. Now, I saw the the rumblings of this this morning, and it was rumored. I didn't think it was going to happen right away, but everybody said, oh, it's trending this direction. Looks like he's, he's leaning towards Georgia. And Georgia was never even an option. Like, until, what, a couple of days ago, really? Like, that's the first I'd ever even heard of this. And, like, I, I try and stay pretty connected in these college football things, man. I had never seen anybody even mention that I Georgia mean, was a possibility. just picked up the transfer quarterback from Wake Forest. Yes, Jamie Newman. So Like a month ago. If, if you get, and, and we're so late in the process now, it, obviously with the coronavirus stuff, like, 
if if Jamie Newman, like if if JT Daniels gets eligible for this season, which it's possible he may not, and if he's not, then I mean that kind of helps things a little bit easier, like makes things easier. But you've also got a five star, like the number two dual threat quarterback in the country coming in next year, quarterback Brock Vandergruff. Um, he's committed. Like you got you got five stars everywhere. And like Jamie Newman wasn't a five star, but he he proved his worth at Wake Forest. Um, if you are an elite quarterback, how do you trust that Kirby Smart has your best interest in mind? Like how how does he continue to do this? Like it felt like they had their quarterback room set up. They were good to go. They had their guys lined up, and then you throw this kid in, and everything is gone to hell again. And I'm sure like I have no problem with competition, right? You want the best guy to win out. So you want as many cracks at the apple as you could possibly get. That That's that's how it goes. But if you are a quarterback, I want to know what the hell these guys at Georgia are telling you that makes you think it is a good idea for you to go there. One, they haven't had success with one of them yet. Two, you just had two five-star quarterbacks transfer out so that the less talented one can play. Like it, and don't get me wrong. I understand that that Jake Fromm was the leader of that football team. I get it. But by God, Chris, help me out here. No, yeah, you you're, you're you're exactly right. We, we found out that Fromm was third out of Eason and and Fields and Fields by a lot, by the way. And and Fromm and Eason could be neck and neck, but Eason left for far less talent at Washington. And still did just fine. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it. I don't. I don't know the answer. I don't understand why quarterbacks continually go someplace where the position is filled. There's an understanding that yes, you're a young buck and you want to, you know, compete for the best or whatever. But why on why on earth would you continue to go to the same schools over and over and over again? You see all these kids going to the same place at the same position. This isn't running back where they need four of them and and two of you can be stars at one time. Like, that's just not how it works. Yeah, not at the quarterback I, position. Yeah, I just don't understand. And so now you've got two transfers that come into Georgia and, and, a, and a five-star freshman coming in. At, at some point in time, one of those guys, if not two of those guys, is going to transfer again. Yeah, somebody's – somebody like and, and don't get me wrong. The five-star kid that's coming in uh, hadn't signed yet. So, yeah. like, that, that, that'll that be next year. And he could decide, well, if JT's there, why am I going to go here? Like, well, it, I'm gonna, did could, it just cost you a signing? Yeah. Right. No. That could totally be fine. LSU was in consideration for, for, for JT at one point in time. There were rumors LSU was trying to get him. Yeah. And, and then those rumors just stopped. And I think at some point in time, it's one of the things I do appreciate about my school right now. I, I get that it's a cutthroat business. and You want to win, and if the better guy you can get, go get him. But I think at some point in time, they said, we've, we've made a commitment to Miles, and Miles knows the system, and, and, and I think we're just going to go forward with this. We don't know that the upgrade to get JT is that much better than Miles, and so we're is just going to ride with the guy we already have. Does Miles Brennan or, have two years left? Yes, or yeah. we have made a commitment to. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think there's something admirable to that of you've made a commitment. To, this kid made a commitment to you. You also have made a commitment to him. Yes. He 
played his role of sitting behind Joe Burrow and learning and 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 being the backup and didn't transfer out. That's right. Now it is his turn, and you're giving him at least an opportunity. If it doesn't work out next year, then yeah, you go find somebody else, and that's okay. But I, I do think there's something to letting a kid have their shot if they waited all their time. I mean, if Oklahoma, Ohio State had had let Burrow have his shot and not brought in Fields, while Fields is pretty good, he he would Burrow. <laughs> we got we got some guys in the chat right now. YouTube Swish Actions says, "Calm down, Gary." Uh, <laughs> so I did get a little fired up there, didn't I? McKinnon said the Daniels decision is surprising but makes sense. If he wants to be taken seriously among the big boys of college ball in the NFL, being in the SEC is a fantastic way to do that, especially for Georgia, Florida, LSU, Bama, and Auburn. Um, the Brown Yeti said, you, uh, you look better if you win the job and a ring. Georgia hadn't won a ring in 40 years. 40 years. Like, I understand that they've gotten close, but if that's what you're looking for, I mean, I'm just saying, and if you're the guy that gets him over the hump, yeah, you're going to be a, a legend forever, forever. That's right. But but if you're the guy that goes to Tennessee and turns that program around, now I know Tennessee is a good butt of the joke a lot of times, but but if you're the guy that turns that program around, no, no, no. Don't, don't think that, well, they had Peyton Manning so nobody else can ever be a god. Peyton didn't win a championship, bro. Nope. He didn't. T he, came in and won it after that. And and Peyton's more beloved than, than T is. That's right. Like, you will be more beloved than Peyton. I promise you. You just got to come in and change it up and win. Bruce Morris putting in a bunch of smiley faces on, on YouTube or on uh, Facebook here. I'm going to guess he's excited about the fact that I don't like this move. Uh, I I think, like, it's not that I'm upset about this. Uh, ben said I hate Georgia. Um, I I just don't understand it from the kid's point of view. That's it. Like, that's, that's what doesn't make sense. It. When Eason, when not Eason, when Fromm committed to Georgia, I, I just was like, they have Fields, they have Eason, they already have the last two number one quarterbacks in the country committed at on campus. You're going to beat both those guys out? And he really didn't beat them out. He got the job because of injury or whatnot. But yeah, so like it was it was Eason, and Eason had the job for a year. Got and hurt. then Fromm came in and, and got the job because of Eason getting hurt in the first game. And That's then right. Fromm led him to a, a national championship game appearance. And then you go from there, and then Justin Fields comes in because everybody kind of assumed, okay, now had he sat and, and waited and, and just redshirted his first year like, like it used to happen back 10 years yep. ago or whatever, then that might have worked okay because Fromm was gone after this year. That's right. Like, I don't I don't get the I don't know. I don't know. Uh but this whole thing just doesn't make a, a ton of sense to me. I mean, cheers to the kid. Like obviously he thinks he's uh he's got the goods. You gonna go in there and compete for that job and whatnot. Yeah. Well at first he's gotta get eligible. I mean that's well, the no, 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 thing. but even still he's going up against uh uh you know, five star number two dual threat quarterback in the country the next no, season. No, I, but I get that. But none of that's relevant if he didn't get eligible. Well, no, he'll he'll be eligible. It's just whether or not he'll have to sit out this season. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I mean when I say eligible. What do you think I mean? I know. I, th- I thought you were just talking about eligible. Period. Like it. No, like he can't play this year until the NCAA says it's okay. That's eligibility, right? You have to get somebody's yes. permission. Yeah, I thought I thought you were talking about 2021. I'm sorry, I miss. I, don't, I, I, don't I know misunderstood. What talking about here. <laughs> ben said Georgia is a sorry football team and chokes every year. Doesn't matter how much talent they have. 
No, because uh, they got that dummy who's a hell of a recruiter as a head coach. Look, I think Kirby Smart has done a fantastic job with that football team. No, he hasn't. And, and He's done program. a fantastic job recruiting. Uh, and that's that's kind of where I'm at. He's right? been outcoached um, in almost every game he has played in. He he's they got dominate teams because of talent. He's got basically they are just better than them. He's got basically the same record at this point in his career as Mark Rick did. as Mark Rick did. Congratulations, uh, Matt Miller jumps in. JT Daniels is good, but why go to a place that has produced one good quarterback in the last fifty years to the NFL? Uh, again, if you are a quarterback, why do you trust? Like I was going to say, Mark Rick. I mean, I I would rather trust Mark Rick than I would. Oh, Mark, I'm going to tell you this: Mark Rick gives you your word. That man will lose yes. standing by his word. Yes. Uh, but Kirby, however, uh, this is a, a different thing. Like, it, it is always, uh, all right, we got this guy. Let's move on to the next one. Like, doesn't matter how it goes. Let's, let's, let's make it happen. So, yeah, it, uh, it was surprising. It was, uh, I just don't even know what to, I don't know how to describe my, my thoughts on this. It, it made no sense to me. For JT Daniels, like you had talked about Michigan, you had talked about LSU, you had talked about all these places that that needed a quarterback, and now you're going to a place that kind of already had their quarterback room set, but you're going to try and fight for the job. Like I, well, if that's the case, just stay at USC and fight for the job. You got a better chance of winning that job back, and it's at home. (laughs) Then you then you do going somewhere else and stealing it away from another guy. Sometimes I just don't get it. Um, and this is like we went that entire segment and didn't even discuss, uh, you know, some of the the extra benefits that, that we always talk about. But, you know, I'd love to see what was offered. Love to see that. Ben well, said that, uh, that, could, that could be it. I mean, the difference between Kirby's recruiting and, and Mark Rick's recruiting is is the amount of, of, of money that they just had to influx Georgia with. Yes, yes. 100%. Uh, ben said they won't win anything until Kirby leaves. That South Carolina game proved that he is not a good coach. There were a ton I, of listen, games that I proved Listen, I stand behind that a thousand percent. I think Kirby beats teams because that team is loaded with talent. But that guy is a moron. I mean, he has proven it time and time again. He just, I he watched makes bad that decisions. LSU game two years ago. Two years ago, I watched them come into Baton Rouge, and they had two running backs. And one guy couldn't average one yard, and he touched the ball 36 times. And the other guy averaged it eight and a half yards a touch, and he touched it eight times. Yeah. Yeah. And all I knew then was is every time Holyfield was on the bench, I felt great. And they go three and out, and then we beat their ass. That's, uh, yeah, 100%. I mean, the fake field goals, the he, he jumps in on <laughs> Swiss action, says, wow, the hate. Yeah, uh, we're kind of letting it fly today. It's, it's not that I hate Kirby Smart. It's not that I, I hate do. Georgia. I'm just I don't hate Georgia. Ooh. I've never cared yeah, about I don't, him at all. I don't hate Georgia. I'm I, I'm not a Kirby I sure, Smart fan. I surely do dislike Kirby. I just don't respect him as a coach. I don't think he's great. It's uh it's it's mind blowing, really. Hell of a recruiter. Hell of a recruiter. And I don't understand that either because I've heard the man talk. Okay. Yeah. I can't you can make fun of you can make fun of Coach O's dialect, all right, from where he is from. That's fine. Yes, he sounds funny. But the things he says make sense. Kirby Smart is a dumb-ass country bumpkin. The Brown Yeti said he's better than Moorhead. A hundred percent, but that is <laughs> trying to compare. I'm, 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 I'm going to be nice about this. Is this apples and oranges? No. Nope. Is that what this is? 
No. No. <laughs> All right, we're going to leave it alone. One guy's a dummy, and the other one is just completely out of his depth. That's just it. I don't yeah. know that Moorhead's an idiot, but Moorhead's just not close to the caliber of coach that you need to be to be in the SEC. Not close. Or uh, or or maybe not even coach, but, I mean, possibly leader. Like, maybe he doesn't need to be running a football program. Any Power 5 school, he's just not. He's not set up for it yet. Wanting to no. do that. Or ever. Well, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, obviously, those stripes don't change. Uh, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. All right, let's uh, let's dive into this next topic here. Now that we have <laughs> absolutely blasted uh, Kirby Smart for the last however long, <laughs> that's all right. It's good for him. It's good for him. Well, body, builds, body uh, cures contact. It's builds, okay. builds character, right? That's right. Um, college football numbers for 2019. The National Football Foundation. Released all of this kind of stuff last night, and they they do this once a year. It was the top ratings highlights from last season. So they discussed like the growth of the sport and all that. Last year was obviously the 150th anniversary of college football. Um, yeah, 392 regular season telecasts. They averaged 1.84 million viewers per game. That's a two percent increase from 2018. They reached last year more than 145 million unique fans. That is a pretty astronomical number. Uh, 145 million different people, and obviously you can't get an exact here, but uh, around 150 million people watched college football last year. Like, even if it was just one game, you still had that many. 38 postseason bowl games, and I want everybody to pay attention here. Because for all of you that wonder why we have so many bowl games and why we have bowl games, period, 38 postseason bowl games averaged 5.04 million viewers per game. I'd like to take the the big bowls out and see the numbers. They reached 90 million unique fans over the 38 postseason. That doesn't answer my question, though. There was not a single bowl game last year that did not have over a million viewers. No, that's that's fine. That's fine. If if you took all of the BCS bowls, the the big boy bowls away, and and then it brings that average down from five million to like two million, then that's fine. That's still a hell of a number. I'd really like to know what that number yeah, is. Yeah, see what that was because nobody gives a shit what the average is when we know that the national championship and the playoff games and all this other stuff are bringing in 10 million people, the other, what's a Gasparilla bowl bringing in? Hey, you saw the bad boy mowers of Gasparilla bowl had to change uh, names, right? Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do next, but no, yeah, I'll find another sponsor. It'll be all right. The winning cures. Everything bowl is right there for the taking. That's I'm right. Just saying, uh, but co- no, that, like that's, and I'm sure it's a hell of a number. I'm sure it's better than any NBA regular season game that we had all year. Okay, which is why we yes. have these games. I would just really want to know the number. That's why I don't like averages when people tr- are trying to inflate numbers. That's a good the point. real number is still pretty damn impressive. Uh, ben said, where would the WCE Bowl be played? I think that's in St. Petersburg, Florida, isn't it? Or is well, it that's Tampa? if you took that game. But yeah, if, if we had one. a choice, uh, Las Vegas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 100%. Damian Estrada jumps in on YouTube. What's up, brother? He said, what's up? Uh, the college football playoff national championship presented by AT&T last year between LSU and Clemson delivered cable TV's best audience in more than two years. 
it notched a live 27.31 million viewers. That was up yeah. 330,000. And I bet the two other two playoff games were at least 10 to 15 million apiece. That, that, well, they, that, they averaged, carries that, was that the next 5 million average. They, they averaged 21.49 million viewers for both games. Right. That was the yeah. average. So, um, so therefore, therefore, you take those numbers that helps pull that big average up. That's that's why I just and, and not that it's a bad thing. I'm going to bet the number is still really good. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I just no, want to know fantastic. what the numbers are for the lower bowls because that's how you justify why we have so many. Ben, we know why we have the big bowls. Oh yeah, Ben said our uh, our bowl game would be in Tunica, Mississippi. <laughs> uh, there's a field big enough to play it in. He said Tunica High School. It's a. Oh. Let's, let's get after it, boy. Boom. I'm in. Depends on what teams we'd be bringing in. Uh, CBS Sports scored the network's best college football viewership in 29 years. So, for anybody that was wondering why ABC and ESPN paid, what, $300, $400 million a year for the SEC, uh, this is why. Because they averaged over 7 million viewers per game. And ESPN year. is going to double down when it's all said oh, yeah. and done. Um, I think they are going to get the SEC Big 230 game. Oh, it's it's already done. They've already signed. Well, is it? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, it's done. It's done. It's it, But we still got three years. Well, I knew that we had CBS. three years. I didn't know that they had already signed a deal. Do it's, we know the numbers? It is. Uh, well, I don't think they can technically sign until, but they've already, they've come to an agreement, whatever. Do, it's, do we know the numbers? The numbers are between 300 and 400 million. Okay. Um, but it, uh, the, the CBS is paying $55 million a year right now. I know that. Like, CBS deal is a joke. It's an absolute travesty is what it is. Uh, college football on Fox had its most watched regular season ever, bringing in an average audience of $3.7 million. That's a 12% increase over 2018. Look, Fox taking those games and moving to the big noon kickoff the new, uh, uh, helped The smartest everything. thing anybody's done in college football in a long, long time. And it time. helped everybody else. Like it, it, it gave it where you didn't have all the competition at two thirty. No, nothing but helped. crap games were on at twelve. But nobody got up and started cutting grass at twelve because game day just finished. You just you either finishing a late breakfast, starting on an early lunch, and you're just gonna hang out and you're watching a shitty game. And then all of a sudden, the wife seen you watching football pregame and then a football game that you don't really even care about for like five and a half hours. Now the good game started at two thirty, and she's like. Get your ass out there and cut the grass. Fox was like, Mm-mm, "Let's dominate this twelve yes. o'clock hour." It's a fantastic idea. Michael jumped it's in. The by the way, smartest thing in the world. Outside of not having your biggest games be night games for the home fans, everything else is perfect about it. Oh, it fits perfectly for the. I'm TV really center. glad the SEC will doesn't have to do that. Yep. But I like that somebody else is doing that. Yes. Uh, ben said that's going to suck losing the SEC on CBS. Yeah, hearing the... Da, 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 I don't da, give a da, damn. Da, 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 da. Uh, Michael said, what's up, fellas? Got a little bit of service, and the wife is driving. So he's listening on the mobile right now. Oh, there you go, Mike. That's what I'm talking about. Bring it in, brother. Let's go. Um, ESPN Networks increased uh, their audience year over year in every category. The regular season, bowl season, the CFP semifinals, and the CFP national championship game, and the college game day built by the Home Depot which delivered this was the best year that game days ever had. Yes. Uh most watched season since twenty fifteen. Uh as far as fans give, give our boy Felika some some love on that. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a, gotta love the bear. Chris Felika, shout out, brother. 
Uh, NCAA programs draw 47.5 million fans to stadiums during the season. That is uh, pretty astronomical. 47.537 million fans in attendance this year. Uh, yeah, we can talk about the attendance problems at different schools and all that kind of stuff. Look, people still go into the games. Like, it is what it is. Um, where is it? LSU led the nation. I knew you would love this one. For total fan attendance, attracting 1.280985 spectators to all of their games in 2019, including home, away, neutral, and postseason. Twelve other teams eclipsed the million mark. Ohio State, Alabama, Texas A&M, Michigan, Penn State, Georgia, Clemson, Auburn, Tennessee, Florida, and Wisconsin. Um, that's a lot of people. LSU broke the record or set the bar pretty damn high for the most alcohol sold and <laughs> beers sold, <laughs> legally sold in stadiums. Last year was the first yeah. year we got to do that. And uh, we drank almost every school out of booze that offered it. Oh, yeah. Oh, everybody was celebrating last year. Um, right, let's see. Ben said that Vandy game was basically a home game uh, for LSU. Yeah, I have, a, like I that have for a friend year. of mine that was yeah. at that Vandy game, and he said they drank Vanderbilt out of booze before halftime. Mm-hmm. If Ben was there, can you confirm this? Or is my friend a damn liar <laughs> and just wanted to make me feel good? No, no, no. I saw an article about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was like, like they, they drank Nashville out, out of Friday. booze is fine. I'm sure Wisconsin did it. I'm sure lots of places did it at some point. Doing it before halftime. For a noon game? Well, especially when you drank a whole bunch of different bars in Nashville out of alcohol the night before. That's yeah. pretty impressive. I will say that. I will tell you this. It's, that disappointed me being a, a Memphian, Tennessee guy. We love Nashville. We're not the, the, the people that have the little man, little brother syndrome from Nashville. We, we are proud supporters of Nashville. Very disappointed to know a school like that's coming in town and you're not ready. Uh, yeah, I just, you get that right. if if Wisconsin comes to your town, if LSU comes to your town, there's a there's a couple of big schools that are just known for throwing down. If they come to your town, you better be ready. They shut you out. You because this businessman in me wants to whoop every bar owner's ass. <laughs> because how much money did you leave on the table? Oh yeah, I, I mean, just want to just go in there and start slapping folks. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I can't understand that. Uh, let's see. College football won 50 programming. LSU Alabama did massive numbers. Let's see. Was that the biggest regular season game? Uh, LSU Alabama game delivered a 9.7 rating, making it the highest rated regular season college football game on any network in eight years and the most watched regular season game between the teams since 2011. Uh, they had 16.7 million viewers. Uh, represented a 44% increase against last year's primetime game. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty big. Notre Dame at Georgia was the highest-rated college football game on CBS in the month of September uh, in the last six years. Uh, Georgia-Florida did pretty well. I mean, it's, it, everything was was coming up gold Roses, last man. year. Yeah. It was, it was fantastic. It was great. Uh, Damon Estrada jumps in. He said, if sports do come back, I think they should have the team's into group stages and have the top two teams of each group compete in a playoff. Tra- I have no idea what we're discussing right now. He said, like March Madness in the NIT. I guess it maybe he's talking about NBA playoffs and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, a group stage would be fine. Like, just have them all compete. 
Just bring ben, bring ben, all thirty Bill, of them back. Ben Simmons, Bill Simmons, um, had a podcast I haven't gotten to yet, but someone told me it was about trying to do the NBA like uh, a World Cup kind of uh, thing, it's where you do a round robin. Yeah, basically what this guy's saying. World Cups in groups, all those groups play around Robin, then they get into a tournament. I mean, that could be interesting. I li- all of these things would be interesting. If if I know Adam Silver, Adam Silver wants to try and make this championship not have an asterisk. Yeah. And he wants anything to weird like that is somebody's going to point and say, that champion don't matter. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Michael said, I would love to go check out a game at LSU. Uh, Aggies and LSU this year are going to be fun. The wife has given me crap, said I'm a dedicated listener. Yeah, 100% you dedicated. We, uh, we will be at the LSU. I will be, I don't know if you guys are backing out, I will we'll, be at the LSU-Mississippi State game. We, we will see what the situation comes to. I mean, my plan is to go right now, but. I'm going to be there. Who knows? Who I knows? hotel rooms waiting on us, already reserved. There you go. Uh, let's jump into this topic. We'll uh, we'll close out the show on this one uh, in I think we're going to have some fun here. And that was before I knew Leach was going to be involved in it. Oh, before the Mississippi State game. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the topic. I was like. And I don't even remember what you're talking about. Matt LaFleur. Oh, yeah. The Packers' decision to pass on drafting a wide receiver this year drew a lot of responses, and many fell on the negative side, given the perceived need to upgrade that position group heading into the 2020 season. So, blah, blah, blah. GM comes out and says, they want to tie everything to the run game and off of the run game on offense. While that may be the case, LaFleur does have some ideas about where the passing game needs to improve. Uh, during an appearance on ESPN Wisconsin on Thursday, LaFleur noted the need for the team to pull off more big plays than they were able to manage in his first year with the team. One area we really need to improve on is creating more explosive plays, LaFleur said. We were pretty efficient but we were 23rd in explosive plays. That starts with play calling and maybe take a few more chances to help generate those plays down the field. Devin Funches was the lone free agent addition in the receiving core, and he's not been particularly explosive in the past seasons. So the Packers will likely have to come up with some new tricks for the old faces if they're going to turn things around. This is insane. Uh, Michael said, can I fly down for that game, get in some SEC tailgating? 100%. Bring it on, brother. Come mm-hmm. on to Baton Rouge. Uh, Carlos said, what's up, uh, everybody? Matt LaFleur wants more explosive plays, but did not get a single quality weapon at, uh, at receiver to help their offense in the draft or free agency. That's the point. How are you going to come out and say this? Like, You're a, you're a second-year coach. You're going into your second year as a head coach. And instead They've done of nothing but try to build this team to run the football, and you're gonna come out and tell the the local radio station that you need to be more explosive when the GM has said we're trying to build everything off the run. Like I'm sure the GM is fine with being 23rd in explosive plays. Like they are insanely efficient. I get that, but the NFL, you will get your ass beat by playing efficient football. In today's NFL, right? That's the quote. I will tell today's you that NFL. they had a pretty great season in spite of how they played. They had a pretty amazing season all last year. There was yeah. one team they couldn't beat, and explosive plays or efficiency wasn't helping them. The 49ers just beat the hell out of them. That, that's, 
you can't come back. You try to blame it on, oh, going to California and partying. Nah, 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 bullshit. You just got your ass whipped. Yeah. Bottom line. Like, you, you run up against a team with an explosive offense. You get down a couple of scores. I don't even know that the 49ers had what we would call an explosive offense. No. I mean, they, they had a the running offense. Like, but they had these zone reads. They had all these different things. Like, if you get into a game where you're going to have to score points, you are screwed. Like, you yeah. have to be able to find cheap shots. Even even teams like Nick Saban's early 2010 you know, Alabama teams. Like, you got to find a way. They, they would pound the football, but you got to be able to throw it deep and hit an open guy every once in a while. That's what Amari Cooper was best at. He and Calvin Ridley were fantastic at it. Right? Well, I mean, they have a guy that they can do that with. But that's the thing. But they've got one guy. And who else? But 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 I mean, I'll tell you, I mean, that's kind of what. Who did Tom have when when he had to do that two years ago when they won the Super Bowl? (sighs) Like, that was an incredibly boring team that ran the football, ball control, efficiency, efficiency. And then every now and then, two or three times a game, he just hit Gronk. Yeah. Like, like that's you. You can win a Super Bowl doing that. The difference is, is Matt Lafleur ain't Bill Belichick, and I don't give a damn what you try to do and who you think you got on that team. You're not Bill B. <laughs> Damian Estrada said Matt Lafleur needs to stop taking bleach and Lysol. I think it's going to his head. Uh, the Brown Yeti said, "Me coach, me know how to run football." <laughs> Listen, Matt Lafleur got this on job fire today because he because he wants. Fondled the dock strap of Sean McVay. That's just it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's his credentials right there. Okay. Yeah. He got hired to the Titans because he had been around Sean McVay. He was the quarterback's yeah. coach, but he'd never, yeah. never done anything. Really. And our boy Fred Smith sent his rich boy son down there, and he took over that team, and the offense improved greatly. And then, now the crazy thing is, like that Tennessee Titans team, the offense got better under Arthur Smith, but. Uh, Matt Lafleur leaves there, and immediately takes over the Packers and goes thirteen and three. Now, now obviously, it wasn't because a, of offense. Going the thirteen and three is you just had Aaron Rodgers healthy for the whole year. The team didn't have injuries. Like they, they and were the defense healthy. was really they, damn good. They, they rebuilt that team to be more defensive minded. Like a million things happened, and the schedule was better. That ain't Matt Lafleur doesn't get credit for all the thirteen wins. Just like I don't give new coaches credit for all like blame for all the losses when they take over really bad teams. You don't get to take over a really good team and then take credit for all the wins early. True, true. I don't know that they were. <laughs> Damien said Matt Lafleur equals Adam Gase. You agree with that? I, mean, I, I don't. I don't know that he's as bad as Gase. I think Gase is pretty bad. I, I. I mean, I really, I really do worry about Lafleur and the the coaching ability there. I'm gonna tell you the other guy I worry about is is Zach. Um, uh, what's his ass in Cincinnati? Because he's the exact same thing with Zach a Taylor? far far worse resume. Uh, Michael said he doesn't go 13 and three without Rodgers. OG Wham no. jumps in, said, hit the like button, family. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Hit the like button. Yeah, no, no he's not close to that without Rodgers or that elite-level defense that they had last year. They revamped no, right. that team. The thing that he was good at, which is offense, he they were they were efficient, but they weren't great. Efficiency numbers don't win. Listen, you don't take percentages to the bank. You take checks to the bank. You take cash to the bank. Yes. All right? You don't win games with efficiency. You win it with points. And yeah. they didn't score a lot of points. They were pretty damn bad at scoring points last year. You got that right. I mean, they they would run up against some teams, 
and not be able to move the football. The great Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I love it. Today was uh, was fired up Thursday. Yeah, we just like to make fun of the folks. Yeah, we kind of do. We always punch up. You as got long that as right. You're punching up, it's okay. That's we ain't hitting nobody that's down down oh, there. Oh, Kirby's way better than me. It's fine. No, it's we definitely got that right. That boy makes a hell of a lot more money than I do. Look, half the time we don't really know what we're talking about, but that's we sound true. like we do. I'll tell you that. We know what's going on. All right, you guys have been absolutely fantastic today. Uh, Michael jumps in with the last comment of the day. He said, elite quarterbacks can make any system work and any wide receiver work. Look what Brady and Manning have done. And I ain't going to get into it with Peyton Manning. He always had somebody. Always had hey, somebody. Peyton Manning not just had always had somebody. He had like three Hall of Famers at all times on every team. Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison. Tom never had I mean, more than one on any team. That's, that's all we're saying. I'm not even a big Tom Brady fan, but I get where you're coming from. I know exactly what you mean. But it, I, I respect great. it. Great, receiver, great quarterbacks can make great receivers or good receivers look great. That's what they're that's supposed to do. 100%. That's what they're supposed to do. Drew Brees did it his entire life until he finally got a uh, 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 crybaby over here. Michael Thomas. Uh, he, the Brown Yeti said, uh, did he or did he make them? And then uh, Damian Oh, uh, Reggie said, Wayne, Marvin Harrison. Dallas Clark, those guys Adrian James, were always those be boys good. were Hall of Famers before Peyton was a thing. They they were they were always going to be good. That Peyton's great. Peyton is unbelievable. Let the, you see now you're making me criticize somebody I love. He's unbelievable. That doesn't mean he didn't have a full deck when he started. Damien said, uh, uh, "Ben said not in Denver though." Uh, man, oh he come on, he that, had he had Demaris Thomas yeah. in his prime. Uh, Come on, man. First, his Super Bowl that he won, they didn't do that with offense, and you probably want to hide all the Peyton Manning film except for him celebrating at the end. Yes, that's about it. Because Um, he was really bad, real bad. Let's see. Michael said he made DT and Decker look special. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, Decker Decker is his Wes Welker, his Edelman, his guy that he made look amazing, but he probably wouldn't. No, no. He said, what did Decker do in, uh, in New York? Ben said, I don't know about that. Like, look, there were weapons on that Denver team. I mean, they, they, no, they were weapons the on the NFL. Saying that Denver team didn't have weapons. Demarius Thomas was the best receiver in football at that time. Yes, 100%. We forget that. 100%. Uh, Damien said, Matt LaFleur is Jason Garrett. Oh, that might be a better comparison than Adam Gase. I don't think he's as bad as Gase, but I think he could be just as useless as Garrett. That was... Fantastic. Gase, <laughs> Gase so picks good. fights with his own players all the time. <laughs> I don't know that he's actively harmful, but he's definitely useless. That is so good. That's a, he, he could be just as useless as the offensive coordinator for the New York Giants. I love it. I love it. All right. We are getting out of here. We've uh, we've taken up 45 minutes of your day, and we do appreciate everybody that jumped in. You have all been fantastic. <laughs> Share the show with your buddies we would definitely appreciate that. Make sure you are subscribed on whatever platform you are watching or listening on. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast just in case one of these days you can't quite make it in in time. You want to listen to the show. Uh, we put the podcast up right after we get done here. It'll be right up on that feed. Leave a nice review. All that wonderful stuff. You guys were great. Chris, another wonderful show. Another one in the books. You all make me so happy every day. I get so fired up during these segments. It's Wonderful. Um, Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. We'll see you again tomorrow.
Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.